What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Soul Therapy, the podcast. My name is Daniel. Daytona. Today, just like the previous episode, instead of having our usual conversations about current events in the K-hip-hop and K-R&B scene, Daytona and I are going to each talk about our 10 favorite K-hip-hop songs and expand on it. As usual, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on all streaming platforms and don't forget to give us that 5-star rating. Also, for more contents, please go and follow our socials at soul underscore therapy and also please support our page on Patreon as well. Alright, let's go. My first song, I went with Kwangibek. Ah, and, yes. And the song called the song is called Symphony and it's from mm-hmm. his mixtape called Boratown. Yeah. And dude, when you first introduced me to Kwangibek or you know, mm. in this episode or in the podcast, mm. I was yeah. I was kind of taken aback. I was like, who is this Kwangibek guy? You mm-hmm. know, and and I thought you were kind of joking around because I kind of saw the the album artwork and I was like, yeah, Yo, what is this? This is very, uh, I don't it's know. A, that classic um, like kind of mixtape covers you see on like Houston albums and stuff, like this super cheesy like kind of vibe to it. But yeah, so uh, I was just like. It was for uh, a purpose. It was. And I was listening to the, the whole album and I was like, whoa. This kid mm-hmm. is something. This mm-hmm. kid's got serious talent. And I mean, mm-hmm. mad talent. Because mm-hmm. I don't say, you know, a lot about, you know, high praises for, you know, the, the youngsters because they're mm-hmm. young, you know. They still have yeah. a long ways to go. But this kid in particular, he is something else, man. He is starting to make noise in the K-hip-hop scene. Mm. It's ridiculous. And the song Symphony, dude, mm. I love all the songs, but Symphony in particular, was insane. I just love the mm. sample that he used. What was yes. the sample? What was the... Um, if I remember correctly, it's got to do with something... Um, oh, man. I knew it, Um, actually. Uh, give me a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, it's. I think it was from like a... a class- it was a classic sample, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really popular, but for mm. some reason, I can't get a hold of the name, but... It's very addicting. Like the the sample itself, it's very melodic and it's just very pleasing to the ears. Yeah, I actually have written down what it was in my review. Let me check it <laughs> a little quick. Uh, it was the symphony track, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a great track. I mean, it's short, but I it's think under- it was a piece of track, if I remember correctly. Mm. Mm. It probably but, uh, was. But like I said, it's... It was short, but it makes sense because it's a mixtape. Yeah. And so, dude, I I love the lyrics. It's it's pretty <laughs> crazy what he says because I listened to the song with the translations. Yes. It's it's a super hardcore album. It's like comic. It it's is. Like, it's like uh, it's like old Wu Tang records where you just it's so comically violent that it, you can't kind of take it seriously. Exactly. But it gives you such a it gives you some kind of a vicious feel to it. Like yeah, there are yeah. many records like that. There are records like that in hip hop, both of uh, the states and Korean mm-hmm. stuff, but um he's the f- he's one of the few people that really takes it far. Like yeah, it like for sure. So comically stupid in a way. <laughs> it's sort of better, I guess. Than but a lot the of same these contemporaries. It's kind of um 
in ways it's kind of cynical the mm-hmm. song but the hook the chorus i was mm. like dang this this kid just used this individual's name in the mm. song i was like whoa for a 15 year old this kid's yeah. something else and because nowadays you don't hear stuff like this you know yeah you don't hear that much anyway um that was the track he like mentioned the old dictator guy right yeah 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 was, exactly whoa like um, out of all of you know yeah. the history in korea yeah he by the way uh if you're listening to this podcast what the person he was talking about in the track was uh was a p- responsible for a massacre so yeah mm-hmm. yeah that kind of dictator yes so in a ways he's kind of talking about kind of like the corruption in korea right mm-hmm uh in a sense like it's it's not exactly something about corruption because he didn't exactly diss contemporary politicians mm. it's like it's like uh hearing a german person diss hitler oh okay okay yeah it's that kind of thing yeah and i just love how at some point parts in the song mm-hmm. he he makes it very heartfelt you know he says i talk mm. about ambition You know, mm. I'm still a kid. I'm not an adult yet. But when I become an adult, I'm going to change this K-hip-hop scene. Mm. And I was taken aback because for a youngster like him to say such things, it's it's kind of rare, you know? Yeah. So, man, I I can't help but to commend Kwon Gibek for this track and mm-hmm. the whole mixtape itself. For a starting, you know, introduction to his career, mm. I, I thought it was absolute stellar. I brought the classics in because you brought okay. a lot of the contemporary stuff in. And mm-hmm. if we were going for Kongibig, I guess my recommendation would be uh, Master Wu's Bunja, yes. which is which means problem child. Mm, like when it comes to Korean hip hop, there's not many gun toting gangsters here because you know guns yep. are not allowed here. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I think, a lot of something a lot of my American listeners would probably. <laughs> think it's great <laughs> mm. but um in that sense that doesn't mean like there's no violence it doesn't mean that there's no kind of social conflict whatever um and in that sense this track was probably a breath of fresh air during that mm-hmm. period because it kind of it was like uh like um in a sense it was about being a very uh being a rebellious kid i guess mm-hmm Like it's, it's a, it was a period in Korean hip hop where streets like uh, street uh, culture has not quite um, manifested itself. Mm. So in a sense, you needed some kind of focal point for what hip hop was supposed to be about. And true, true. In that sense, it had a almost similar beginning to like punk music, like fuck oh, education, fuck school kind of thing. And yeah. this was one of the tracks that was in the forefront, um, forefront of that. It was about mm. being a fucking problem child in school and like um, having a fashion statements that other people shitted on and kind of stuff like that. Mm. And uh, the hook is by uh, YDG. Oh, legend. Yeah, the hook is by YDG and Master Wu kind of, what do you call it, had this laid back flow that um, uh, that was not quite, uh, what do you call it, um, very common at the time. Mm-hmm. Like people were like trying to be like 90s, like East Coast MCs where you were mm-hmm. just rapping and rapping and rapping. Like this guy was one of the very few people who pushed that laid back kind of flow. Mm. 
And um, I think that is what make this track so infamous in a sense. Mm-hmm. And also a reason why it has endured um, time, I guess. Like, because if you think about it, like the audio quality is a bit dated and stuff, but people mm-hmm. still talk about this track. Mm, interesting. Like, Essence loves this track, for example. Um, he plays this shit with, on like hen's clubs whenever he and Master will share a stage and stuff like that. Mm. So, despite it sounding a little bit dated because of its significance, I guess, and mm-hmm. the hook sticks like a motherfucker. So, that kind of, I think, like, there are certain aspects that kind of pulls you back from a minute. But if you, mm-hmm. like, listen to it, like, oh, it's actually kind of catchy stuff. It's like um, listening to, like, 2000s trap music, you know? Oh, like, interesting. Yeah. So, it's dated as fuck. But... Like, you're still going to listen to it. Like, Young Jeezy's albums are classics. Like, they sound exactly. dated, but, you know, they're anthems. And this exactly. was the quintessential Korean hip-hop anthem at the time. Mm. And this kind of anthemic um, joints, I guess, are not really made that much anymore. So, the True. classic hip-hop anthem, like, definitely check it out. The hook sticks, and it, it's kind of, it really kind of shows you what kind of period Korean hip-hop was at that time. Mm. Yeah. So, Master Wu's problem child. Munje Ah in Korean, yeah. Um, so, for my second song, I mm. went again with a more contemporary song, and I went with Take One. And mm. the song is called Gangnam, featuring Haine, and it's from Take One's mm. album, Commercial, Commercial Art. Yeah, that's the recent album that came out, like two months ago, I think, right? Yep. And the reason I picked the song is because of the sample. Let's face it. I... Loved how he used Yun Jung Shin's sample from mm. the song called Hwanseng. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, bro. That's a very, uh, what do you call it? It's a very famous uh, yeah. uh, song. It's a very, yeah. It's a pop song, by the way. It's mm-hmm. a K-pop song, but, you know, not the K-pop idol kind of thing. But no. the More oldies. Ballad. Yeah, yeah. The oldies, the Korean ballads. Yeah, that kind of thing. So I was like, Really? How in the world did he pull this off, you know? And it's not... But what I like about it is he didn't use half of it. He used just kind of like the intro. Yeah. Like the humming and the mm. introduction of it. Mm. And I was like, yo, I've heard this somewhere before. <laughs> and then... And I was like, no way. Did he just sample Yoon Jung Shin's song? And then once the beat dropped, I was like, yo, mm. this is already a, going to be a classic. You know, mm. it may not be a classic worldwide, but I think in Korea, it's going to mm. be something that's going to be talked about. Because when you it think of It was talked take- about. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, well, it was talked about a lot in the community. Like, oh, this this is actually fresh. It's like um, a lot of the times uh, it's hard to flip Korean music, for yeah. example, because uh-huh. it is not exactly um, compatible to what do you call uh, uh, to hip hop, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like usually, what ends up happening is you flip soul records, or mm-hmm. um, that's in the states that no one knows. Mm-hmm. But to actually flip Korean music is kind of interesting, and it was like, huh, he actually did this kind of like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, um, I guess uh, flipping Yun Jongjin is kind of like uh, flow flipping. I guess Smokey Robinson or something. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. 
It's like uh no 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 that's too old actually. Smokey Robinson is it's a bit too old. Um Yoon Jung-jin kind of acted a lot in the 80s and 90s so I mean I regardless just yeah. sampling off of a It's just I one thing clear is just sampling a classic I guess yeah. A classic exactly. pop song. Yeah. Exactly. And who would have ever thought that it would complement well to a you know a trap beat, you know? Yeah. So I was taken aback by that. I was like take one Mm-hmm. the take one that i know who is infamous for you know his underground stuff and mm. and when i heard the song i was like whoa this is a a fresh new take from yeah. take one and i mm. loved you know how he threw in some of that modern stuff and mm. man i just i hear the song at least 10 times a day because it's yeah. just so good it's just so mm. good so a lot of people like that album yeah it's it's yeah. very good so, take one Gangnam is a mm. is a classic. Okay, um, if we're going for that, I guess um, it was a more of a like a sing songy part to a uh, part mm-hmm. with that take one. So, so I guess um, I'll go with Epic Eyes Fan. Ooh, it's a similar kind of. I guess um, am I am I remembering this correctly? That was a love song, right, Gangnam? Yeah. Yeah, so this is one too. Um, this is from Epic High's Magnum Opus, Remapping the Human Soul. Classic. Yeah, this yeah, this is a this is a classic album. If someone says it is not classic, don't respect their opinions, they're stupid. Um <laughs> like even like this was one of the uh albums that had crossover appeal and appeal to the most um core hip hop fans and the masses as well. Mm-hmm. Like, this was the album that satisfied everybody. And um, this album is super heavy. Like, it deals with super conscious stuff like yeah. as well. But there are lots of emo kind of uh, love songs in it as well. And they're really well-constructed and con- uh, creative when it comes to doing it. Mm-hmm. And this is a song that is, like, about uh, unrequited love. Mm. And uh, it's very poetic, like it has a very uh, electronic but psychedelic in a way kind of beat. Mm-hmm. Their flow is immaculate. The hook sticks. Um, it's a rap hook, but it's not quite like filled with vocals. Mm-hmm. So I think that is why this album is such a um, magnum opus, like mm. to really fuse the underground kind of hardcore hip hop with. Um, mass appeal and it came out flawlessly it's like a double disc and this shit sold out like a like this shit was selling everywhere it was everywhere mm. on the radio like everyone was pumping into the underground like this yeah. is a quintessential album that kind of every hip-hop fan knows mm-hmm. and fan the song right here the song's name is fan mm. is kind of an anthem at this point like no mm-hmm. one doesn't know this song yeah if you roast uh, if you if you're not i mean not even if you're not a hip-hop fan if you grew up in korea like you know what this song is yeah it's almost of a it's almost kind of like epic high's different side i would say but still no, sticking I, to the roots of i don't think tr- it's quite no? different actually this is what really? they always do that's it, true and, yeah that's true. um this is like this is like Song Cry. Like, everyone mm, knows okay. Jay-Z's Song Cry. 
Mm, okay. There's not a person that doesn't know Song Cry. Of course. Like, it's the same here. No one doesn't know Fan. Like, even True. if they don't know the title, once they hear the first five seconds of it, ah, I know that song. Like, True. that's, that's what they say about this song. So, um, beautiful string sections, if I'm remembering correctly. And it fuses really well with these electronic ambient kind of, um, synths, but it is dramatic, but not corny. Yeah. It's reserved but still somehow very emotional. Like it really hits that sweet spot. Mm. And I think take one was kind of trying to do that with his album. And I think Mm -hmm. this was kind of the blueprint for how to make good commercial hip hop, like remapping the human soul. So exactly. um, Not only is it like a time capsule, this is just a good song. This is Mm -hmm. in fact a great song period. So look at, uh, um, listen to this, look at the translations. Like it's great. It's just, it's just really amazing. So yeah. Recommend this strongly. Uh, Epic high fan. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So my third song, Mm -hmm. you know how I always talk about, I like diversity and Mm -hmm. Korean hip hop songs. So I went with Geary boy Mm -hmm. and the song's title is the time is now. And it comes from his fatal three album. I think it's a title track, but it's uh. it's more, I would say, indie. It has like an mm. indie vibe to it because mm. it's not straight hip hop. The in- instrumentation and the sound yeah. production, it's very acoustic-y because mm. it's more of like kind of like, you know, it has like a alternative kind of folk soundish, but mm-hmm. obviously with Geary Boy as a rapper, he instills his rap verses in the song. But I just love... The music video, the music video mm. is pretty powerful. It, it's, it focuses on, you know, depression, anxiety, kind of like the relationship mm. issues. But, and it shows more of a softer side to Geary Boy. He, he was always kind of soft. <laughs> he was. All, yeah, he was. Mm. And I like that about him because he mm. has like a, a balance. You know, he has like yeah. a strong side to him, but he also has a soft side to him. And I, with this song, it shows more of like his vulnerability. Yeah. And uh, the music video is kind of dark Mm. and it's very in ways kind of sad his artistry kind of involves that kind of thing i think like it is super vulnerable it is super emotional and Mm. when it comes to like visuals he often employs some weird grotesque kind of view a lot of the times Mm -hmm. it's not like grotesque in the way like uh I say, I don't know, like uh, Nine Inch Nails is or something like mm, that. Yeah. It's more like a something's wrong with this kind of. Mm-hmm. It's not like the imagery itself is like super dark and haunting. Like it's not gothic no. or anything. No. But once you were watching this, oh, wait a minute, something's going wrong. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's kind of like the movie Parasite where yeah. you know something like the atmosphere is bright and everything. Yeah. But you know like huh, actually something's wrong with this place. Like yeah. that kind of vibe you see a lot of in Kiri Boy's, I think, visuals. And that's interesting. Yeah, it's a very different take mm. on his other songs. So I love how he has, you know, when he drops an album, you don't mm. know what you're going to get from him. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to get the stronger mm. side of him or you're going to mm. get the more vulnerable side of him. Mm-hmm. So, And this song is that quintessential Kiri Boy track. If you're looking for like kind of like that soft track. Yeah. Definitely, definitely listen to Geary Boy's The Time Is Now. Very good. The great thing about Geary Boy is like, um, he talks a lot about like commercial stuff. Like he talks oh, a yeah, lot about, sure. he makes love songs all the time. But um, he has this like, uh, 
very creative way of approaching it the way he writes his mm-hmm. lyrics um yeah. there's a song called keyboard yeah and, which is like the, the lyrics on that track is like um it's an interesting you know, song yeah if you look at the computer like there's lots of hotkeys right mm-hmm. like he kind of uh writes about the process of of, of a failed relationship mm-hmm was it a failed relationship or trying to get back together? I'm not, I'm not sure. But anyway, the way he does this is the, every action he makes is kind of metaphor for a mm-hmm. hotkey in, mm. uh, in the, in the keyboard. Like, so it's right, like right. control, um, if you like, um, uh, like control C, compl- like control V, like kind yeah. of, yeah, that he actually writes that in the lyrics and it actually makes perfect sense. So Interesting. that kind of lyricism, like is one of the reasons why you need to listen to Curie boy with translations, because most yeah. of the time he's just poetic. Yep. But there are always going to be instances where like he writes these mind blowing conceptual stuff, like, huh? Mm, yeah. I can't believe he actually made this world play into an entire song kind of thing. Exactly. So, always put on the translations because his ever like the average lyrics he uses are poetic but mm-hmm. not only that there's always going to be surprises that's like huh that's like an mf doom kind of wordplay like exactly no yeah, i agree it's, it's really interesting if we're going for a more actually fly was that let me go hardcore with this shit um, okay ah uh, yes here um huckleberry p's rapidari like this is um huckleberry p if you don't know um is is a very well-known underground rapper um yes he's under highlight records currently Mm -hmm. um he's the one who is famous for never having to go on media to establish a following yeah the problem like the interesting thing is um he easily has the biggest concerts in underground scene even though none of he, even though he never went on Show Me the Money or these audition programs, and his fans are incredibly loyal. Like, and his show is notorious for being the most, um, in a sense, violent or not mm. violent, but super energized. Like, people go crazy in that shit. I wouldn't be surprised. It's really hard to get tickets to it too. Like that shit sold oh, like it, it sells out in like ten seconds or something. Oh wow! Yeah, and that kind of thing is own that kind of underground concerts. Like when it comes to underground rappers, like that's the only concert that kind of happens. Like Huckleberry stuff. Like like it's it's a very symbolic um, concert. Like there's so many guest desks coming out in that in that concert too because every rapper wants to be on that stage. True. Unless you have like a direct beef with him or anything. Like everyone mm-hmm. wants to have go on stage with Huckleberry P in his concert. True. Because they want to see that and feel that energy. And also, it is kind of famous for rappers kind of forgetting their lyrics when it comes to Huckleberry P's concerts because they're so overpowered by the crowd. They are like, what the fuck is happening? And they forget their lyrics yeah, all the time. It's chaotic. Yeah, the problem is um, usually the people who go there are super hardcore hip hop fans, so they mm-hmm. kind of fill in the lyrics. Oh, nice! Like if the rapper kind of fucks up his fucks up their lyrics, like the crowd fills that in. The f- they they're rapping with him usually most of the time, and Rapadari is kind of a classic number for it because once the beat comes on, 
Huckleberry Pete doesn't even do anything. He just throws the mic to the crowd and they finish the song from front to back. True. Yeah. Like the, you don't see that kind of thing. Like this is like in the sense, because of that, like the underground staple anthem, like Mm -hmm. every underground hip hop fan knows this song. And most of the time they kind of know it front to back and they sing that shit and actually sing it in concert while Huckleberry P is just like not doing anything. (laughs) Exactly. It's a classic. I mean, it's a legendary song. Like the symbolic significance of this song cannot be stressed enough. Like the mm. album is great too, um, of course, but yeah. this is like that energized kind of. Um, I say this is something like Onyx Slam kind of thing. Like, mm, yeah, yeah, I can definitely. If you, this the, hear once that. this shit comes up on the concert, like everyone's everyone's hyped. Like everyone knows what they're supposed to do. This you instantaneously the, know it. Yeah, just says, yep, we're going now. And people go crazy. People rap the lyrics <laughs> from front to back. Yeah. Like, this is what it is all about. So Yeah, it's it's a classic, definitely. Yeah. Can't stress this enough. A very old school beat by Prima Vista. Um Oh yes. Uh these I think it was an organ sample. I'm not I'm not quite sure anymore, but energetic lyrics like the lyrics are basically about nothing <laughs> the lyrics yeah, are no. just being uh mm-hmm. it's about how dope i am but exactly yeah comparing yourself with Badahari, like but um it's great it's, it's a super energetic super hype just fun east coast song so yeah yeah um huckleberry p rapidari yeah so for my fourth song i picked qm and mm. I went with Harbor, and the feature is Jerd, and it's off mm. of QM's album Money Money Breath. Money Breath, yes. Yeah, dude. Um, uh, I was I heard the song for the first time, and I was like, "Huh? Mm. QM is rapping on this type of beat. It has this yeah. very clubby, you know, mm. up tempo dance rhythm. You know, um, a lot of people kind of that uh, like QM was a great lyricist always, but a lot yeah, of people were sure. like, ah. Uh, like he's writing on the same type of beats over and over again and like he i mm-hmm. think he got kind of pissed <laughs> so I he kind of switched it up with his money breath ironically like that album is i think his most realized work yet mm, yeah yeah so for sure it's an irony but a great irony i guess and i was like okay I, at first i was very confused when i was listening mm-hmm. to the song I, I, mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie i was very confused and then mm-hmm. i kept listening to it i was like okay Okay, it's starting to grow on me. Mm. Yes, this is going into my playlist mm. for sure. I just love how in sync QM is with the beat. Because yeah. I was kind of, I was a bit concerned. I was like, how is he going to, you know, keep up with this up-tempo style? And mm. I know Jared produced this beat too. Yeah. So I was I was a bit hesitant. I was like, okay. I actually it's a fast tempo beat. Yeah, it almost seems like it was originally Jerry's song. I think she just gave it to QM, and I mm, think that I was be surprised. The, yeah, I think that was the case. I'm not sure, of course, but it wouldn't. Have I would be It would explain a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and I was listening to it. I was like, okay, okay, yo, this is this is amazing song. Mm. As much as it sounds kind of mm. crazy, mm. but it works really well. QM's very mm. kind of like that gritty kind of like that aggressive style yeah super lyrical a, kind of 
very kind of conscious, you know? Yeah, he's actually one of the few rappers in Korea that are actually conscious. It's not like no, just... Uh, yeah, for like, sure. A lot of these conscious rappers are just like talking about they're conscious because they rep the culture. But that mm-hmm. is not exactly conscious. Not shitting on them. I'm just saying the terminology is wrong. But QM is actually talking about societal problems a lot in his tracks. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he is like the like conscious rapper if you think about it. So Yeah, so it's... It's a. Uh, at first, when people listen to it, you might be a bit kind of confused. But mm. if you keep listening to it, it it'll grow on you. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely recommend the song. Yeah, I, the the album concept is such so dope. Like money oh, yeah, breath. For sure. Like if you're yeah. just breathing, like your breath yeah. is made up of money. Like each second, like the whole concept of the record is how breathing alone is like kind of making you lose money. Like, yeah, it's, that's it's so like, true. It's like about the whole existential crisis of an artist of just mm. existing, and somehow you're just leaking money left and right. Yeah, and I think that kind of starting from that kind of classist narrative, he he kind of has some very interesting takes about what it is about being an artist and being a citizen in Korea. Period. So exactly, and he actually has a track about COVID on the tra- on the album too, right? Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, I think. Like, check it out. Like, not just the song, but check the whole album out. Like, the concept is incredibly worth listening to. And, of course, if you have translations, you'd better have translations to listen to it, I guess. Yeah. Well, if you're talking about tracks with vocals on them, I guess a classic P-Types Don Quixote. Mm. (sighs) This heavy bass, right? Um, Heavy bass. It's it's from the album Heavy Bass, which is... um, which is uh which is uh, irrefutably a classic um anyone no like doubt. like epic Kai's album if someone says that this is not a classic don't respect their opinion they're stupid <laughs> heavy bass is a quintessential hip-hop record like this is, is like uh, this is like uh, uh i don't know like actually I, it's don't, just a classic. I don't i don't have an album that i can compare this to in the states actually it's like big pun meeting biggie um, Interesting. Yeah, but in a sense, if Biggie never went commercial, I guess. Mm. If what what would have happened if Biggie remained kind of underground is kind of like P type. Like mm. the way he structures his rhymes, it's like he raps a lot like Biggie. Like he reminds mm. me a lot of Biggie. Like like he how he looks like kind of reminds me of Biggie as well because he's a he's a big dude. Yeah. Um. But heavy bass is a staple classic record that really changed on uh mc's perspective about how to make how to make an album like it is filled with these great sample beats and super poetic lyricism and all of that and it was it is one of the most finest displays of korean rhyming without a doubt yeah and p-type is famous for that he there's there's literally like I really can't think of anyone that can that you can say that outclasses P-Type in rhyming. Like he's one of the he's best. He's original. He's one of the best rhymers in Korean hip hop. Oh, and without question. Yeah, yeah, Come like on. The, like it's so intricate the way he rhymes his words. And Don Quixote is kind of like the P-Type track. Yep. And it has Pisong um oh, on the hook. Um Oh man. Um I think he has a new name, right? Uh Real Slow. Yeah, Real Slow. Um, Real Slow is actually a veteran. Like he is one of the most forefront R and B singers in Korea. Yes, 
Yes, like he was a, he, he was a person who was doing R and B when R and B kind of never happened in Korea mm-hmm. properly. So it was like a classic member of R and B and a classic rapper coming together on a classic track, which mm-hmm. is very poetic. Um, it's about uh, it's about the art in general. Like this is this is about the culture. Like this is the track that's about the culture. Like mm-hmm. coming to talk about legacies, coming to talk about what hip hop means in Korea, what hip hop means to him, and in that uh, process, it comes out a very honest delivery and an honest, like soul bearing kind of message. So, for sure, um, yeah, it's about the, it's about what he thinks about the culture in general. The song's so, very soulful. Yeah, it's exactly Pita's the definition of what soulful is. Um, so. If you want to listen to what Korean hip hop sounded back in the days and how it sounded when we were not as popular as right now, and yeah. being what underground meant, like this is a track you go to. Like this is mm-hmm. a track that um, that kind of birthed a lot of these underground MCs. I second that. I yeah. Agree completely. So Don Quixote P Type, definitely check it out. It's amazing. Amazing album, amazing track, amazing rapper, amazing singer. Like, please don't kill this. So, yep. yeah, go for it. Um, don't kill Tippy Type. Yeah. So, for my fifth track, mm. I went with Verbal Gent and I chose the song What Am I to Do? It mm. features Curve Moon and it's off of his recent yeah, album. Yeah, recent called one. In- Inflection Point. And mm. again, I love that he used the his own song in the beginning mm. he puts he has the, a tendency to do that he he yeah, samples he a lot of his own songs he put uh you look good in the introduction mm-hmm. he kind of put that briefly in the intro mm. he kind of narrated he's like oh this has mm. been 10 years in the making mm. and i finally released the song and mm. dude it's just so classic it's so verbal gent <laughs> i mean this song is the verbal gent song that you would listen to and you when you listen to you're like ah oh, yeah there's no explanation this is verbal gent because mm. a lot of his songs he focuses on like the real stuff you know stuff about like social issues mm. and he's just very lyrical yeah he's it's so like i speechless. wouldn't say what do you call it it's, he's not like super lyrical miracle kind of thing but um mm-hmm. He's really careful with his words. It's like Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, like he he doesn't have a flashy flow. Like his flow no. is very um what do you call it's it? It's very simple. It's simple but intricate. Like it's not like he's like um trying to outrap anybody. Like but his no. but the way it's so structured is so solid and the way mm-hmm. he flows on it is so smooth and that's mm-hmm. kind of what draws people in. Exactly. And, yeah. and- and what I love about this song in particular mm. is he starts off with kind of like this medium tempo, mm. but then you would you would think, okay, the song might be kind of like medium to mm. a, a fast tempo, but once the beat drops, it goes into more of a down tempo kind of mm. trap. Mm. And I was like, oh, snap, this is Yeah, really- there's a lot of beat switches on this song. Yeah, and yeah. so I was like... He's like rapping, this is like sick. rapping, rapping kind of thing. Yeah, it's it sounds very poetic, as you always say. Mm. It's... it's poetic but it almost sounds like a spoken word song it Mm. doesn't sound like a you know very flowy type Mm. song it it sounds more spoken word i mean the way the instrumentation kind of stacks up is kind of great yeah like it reminded me a lot of like um mike dean um yeah on kanye stuff like that synth is 
I don't care what nobody says. That synth, I think he got it off the Mike Dean Trump kit or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's it becomes super anthemy in the end of the in like at the end. Like it's like this the instrumentation keeps stacking up and up and up as the track progresses. And mm-hmm. then at the end you get this kind of cathartic release, I guess, sonically. Mm-hmm. And Verbal Gent like is also famous for self-producing a lot of his songs, and this is a case yes. here too. So Yes. Yeah, well, definitely amazing. Um Yeah, if you are a big Verbal Gent fan or mm. or if you're looking to start listening to Verbal mm. Gent songs and you're looking for kind of like a modern, yeah. you know, kind of take from Verbal Gent, I definitely recommend This is the way to go. Yeah. Exactly. Inflection Point was a solid album too. It was it was a yeah, good it was album. A good album. And yeah. This is one of the highlights on it too. Yeah. Um, well, if you're coming with Verbal Gin, I guess I have uh, my own Verbal Gin track to talk about. Okay. Um, yeah, this is a classic. Um, this is what made VJ such a kind of Jesus-like figure in hip-hop, I guess. Hmm. Um, it's from his classic, classic, classic album, Afflic- um, what was it? Lumion? How do you call that? Uh, I think it was, um... Accusations, his- accusations. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the album. Yeah, wow. that's. It's I haven't heard that album in a you while. You didn't hear this album? What the in a while. fuck are you in, doing, man? <laughs> no, in a while. In a while. Oh, in a while. It's yes. been a while. Yeah. This is, this is the album. Like, if you, if you, if pe- if you ask people, yeah, like not in the sense of what their favorite album is, but like objectively what do you think is the two most important albums in korean hip-hop history mm-hmm. they either mention verbal gen affliction um accusations or essence's anecdote mm-hmm. so this in a sense is almost illmatic status yeah this album is illmatic status this. yeah like this is the album that changed everything it, this was the album that made all whack mcs die they literally mm. failed to put out music after this album. They quit their careers because of this album. This was how impactful this album is. Yeah. And of um, one uh, twelve nineteen epiphany is a highlight here. Like the way the beat kind of switches according to his narrative, because this is just a super biographical track. Mm-hmm. Like it starts off when he was a kid. And he ends in this status about being the problem child within hip hop that is actually caring about the culture, who is has a kind of moral responsibility to kill all these whack MCs for the mo- culture to move forward. So mm. you kind of see this progression from him as a child to this um, savior-like figure in hip hop mm. through a narrative. And as this narrative progresses, the beat changes accordingly mm-hmm. with it, like and. It's in a sense very similar to the track you just talked about, mm-hmm. but yeah. if that was kind of self-reflective, this was like kind of a revolutionary kind of moment. Like yeah, you it's... picture like um, activists, like an activist, like giving a speech in front of crowd. You like mm-hmm. you fucking like see um, like Lenin kind of thing, you know? Yeah, like the whole imagery about how him going from like a underdog to the center of this scene and changing and revolutionizing Korean hip hop. It's very persuasive. Usually Mm -hmm. if MCs talk about it, it's like, yeah, shut up, man. Like, but this was a track that actually did that properly. And it moved a lot of people. This Mm -hmm. album 
and this song changed Korean hip hop forever. How you're going to rhyme, how you're going to flow, what kind of stuff you should be talking about on a hip hop record. Like, yeah. what is the standard of what being a good MC is was established by this album. And Agreed. 1219 Epiphany is one of the highlights, one of the climaxes yep. of this album. So there's no more need for me to talk about this track anymore. Like I, if you I do completely not agree. Yeah, if you do if you have never listened to this track, you don't know what Korean hip hop is, period. <laughs> I, I I'm going on a, out on a limb to say this is like you're saying like I never heard about New York State of Mind. Ex- yeah. It's yeah. it's, it's dumb. Uh, it's a classic, yes. man. I mean, it's not even a classic. Yeah. yeah, I would say it's a it's a revolutionary song. You can't consider you know? yourself a Korean hip hop expert if you have never heard this song, mm. like never heard this album. Like mm-hmm. you know what? Just go ahead and listen to the fucking album. <laughs> like it might sound dated because it came out in '08. It doesn't matter. It's a classic. Who cares? Like exactly. Like if you say, "Oh, this is too dated," well, that's your no. problem. Fuck you. Listen to this <laughs> album. You have to. Like it's for yeah. sure, classic, 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 classic. Like I know <laughs> the word "classic" gets thrown a lot, like thrown around a lot. But this, mm-hmm. this is like no matter what standard you apply, no matter what kind of high standard you give, like this is yeah. the quintessential classic Korean hip hop track. So yeah, and twelve nineteen epiphany. Check it out. Make a note on that. Quick note. Mm. Classic is an understatement. It's a transcending mm. song. So yes. I second on this song. Yeah. So this, definitely go listen to it. This at this point, this is like a historical artifact. It, it really is. Yeah, it really is. So for my sixth song, I chose "The Quiet." Mm. Um, I select the song "Be My Love." It yes, from "Quiet Storm," my night record, and the again, album we talked about last yes last, last section, episode. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, this is a. A kind of a lighter side of the quiet, but it mm. it's it's your typical the quiet track, mm. but more chill. Mm. And this whole album is, I mean, it's I can't say nothing bad about it. I I have nothing but praises, but this album, especially "Be My Love." "Be mm. My Love" is that one track that is you can never get sick of it. Mm. Yeah, I a lot say. of people say that about this. It it's okay. just so pleasing, bro. You listen mm. to it, you're just like, I wish the quiet would come out with more songs like this. This is like the quiet's Drake moment, I think. Yes. Yeah, you know, so, I like, mean, you know how Drake has this sing song tracks. Yeah, like the way songs where he's just straight singing in some of his earlier mm-hmm. stuff. Like he's he's kind of whack now, but um, yeah, come at me, Drake, you're whack now. Uh, <laughs> like. When actually Drake was coming onto the scene, like on albums like Take Care, like you had this classic tracks like Marvin's Room. Mm-hmm. Like, there, of course, there's haters, like people hated Marvin's Room when it came out, but at this point, if you say Marvin's Room is a classic, you're, you're kind of, you have a skewered view on hip hop history. And in a sense, uh, this was that moment. Like, you never heard the quiet sing on a track before. No. The thing is, never. like, he's not an amazing singer. But he oh, no, know, no. like you have these um, average singers, and you have the good singers, and you have the fucking terrible singers. Yeah. And when you, if you're a terrible singer, just you have to like that's a completely different story. A lot of these average singers sound bad because they don't know their range. 
So they go for a a way higher range or a way lower range than they can actually kind of manage, mm-hmm. which makes them end up sounding horrible. Mm-hmm. The quiet doesn't do that. Like he knows he's not an exceptional singer, so the melody line he kind of made is so that the range isn't quite um, dynamic, but he yeah. kind of knows his limits. So he mm-hmm. has this. He's more on the catchy side of the melody than rather the cathartic side of melody, which means mm-hmm. like he he's he's the he's the kind of guy that never kind of what do you call it. Um, he takes risks, of course he does. Yeah, like that. But he usually takes takes those risks regarding style, regarding um, yeah. genre experimentation. He never. Mm-hmm goes overboard when it comes to his vocal performances no and that is a strength you never exactly. try to outdo your vocal limitations mm-hmm. this is um don't do it yeah it sounds horrible yeah. and the quiet doesn't do that which is something i appreciate about this track a lot yeah i mean i have nothing more else to say but just listen to it if you mm. listen to it, you'll know why I have yeah. nothing else to say. It's exactly. just that good. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about it that has charisma and it's just mm. it's just good. Just it's just yeah. good. Just please listen to it. <laughs> I think that kind of like this is the kind of what do you call it? Um as I just said, please like not only listen to this song, um if you're an artist if you're a Korean artist, especially that is somehow listening to this podcast, please learn from this song. Yes, like you don't need to be like try to be a singer, sing singer. You know, yeah. This is how you make a singing track when you're not a good singer. Mm. Mm. Like, please, please learn from this track. Like, learn from this. There's so many bullshit on SoundCloud. That is mm. trying similar stuff, but they always overextend and end up sounding horrible. They like sound like a screeching pig or something. But please, oh, man. this is how you do it, people. Okay, mm-hmm. this is how you do it. I guess if we're talking about the quiet, we can talk about Benzino. Ooh, um, everyone knows this track at this point, so it's kind of pointless. But that means it's such a great track, I guess. So exactly, um, Dolly Van Picasso. Oh, come on now. Yeah. Come on. This was an anomaly. This was truly an anomaly in Korean hip-hop history. And this was also the anomaly that kind of made a lot of people appreciate hip-hop a little bit more. Like, not in the sense, like, um, like, it kind of changed what hip-hop, a lot of hip-hoppers were trying to do. Because it was a period in time when, uh, a lot of these mainstream rappers would kind of make lazy ass songs. Like mm-hmm. you have a decent smooth ass beat and you have these happy beats and you're rhyming kind of endearingly upon it. And you just give off the chorus to some kind of vocalist. And then that that's how you made a hit. It was yeah. lazy as fuck. And they all talked about the same shit. Mm-hmm. And this was the song that ended that. This was the song that, had the same commercial impact as these mm-hmm. songs. Like, they a commercial performance, I guess, not impact. Mm-hmm. But this song was such a cultural moment in the fact that you didn't have to do that kind of music to do well on the charts. Because true, this song true. is not about love. This song is not about love. No. 
This song is about pure artistry. This song is a metaphor of Benigno as a painter,、mm-hmm. Salvador Dali, you know, Van Gogh and Picasso,、mm-hmm. and it's about the joy of creating art. Yep, that kind of song is not supposed to be number one. Oh yeah, this was everywhere. Like、yeah. you couldn't possibly avoid this song. Like this no, was, was style, detail, and execution of what made it into a hit song.、Yeah. Like this followed none of the conventions of how to make a hit song, and it somehow was the biggest single of this year.、Mm-hmm. Like this shit beat out K-pop idols. Like this shit beat out、um, a lot of these、uh, ballad singers. Like it was like a freaking artistic machine gun in a sense. Like、yeah. all of y'all are whack. This is how you do it. And it's not like he's singing on the track either. Like this is this like, he does use some multi tracks, but this is、mm-hmm. and reverb in a sense. But uh, uh, over this like completely jazzy beat,、um, it's I would say it's very it's a very literally art. Yeah,、uh, it's like a very reserved jazz beat too. It's not、yeah. like some kind of like、um, uh, early Coltrane bebop shit. It's like no, it's like modal jazz Miles Davis kind of piano chord progression. Like、yeah. everything about this song makes it so great was supposed to be a factors that makes it not a hit song, but、mm-hmm. somehow it broke through. And、yeah. the song is abstract it, and successful. Yeah, the lyrics are super abstract too, and、yeah. somehow that style, that Benzino's flow, voice, and all the ways he was so、um, intricate with how he made this song, kind of made it blow up like a motherfucker. Yeah, and. This was like, man. This was when people started to like. I want to be like him. Like、mm-hmm. a lot of these rappers right now look at Benzino as like the quintessential superstar in Korean hip hop because, of course, he talks about、um, love and all those conventional stuff a lot. But、mm-hmm. his biggest songs are not exactly about them. No, like Boogie On and On was, but no one kind of listens to that song anymore. But this Dalí Van、mm-hmm. Picasso kind of. Remained a classic until now. Like people still yeah, talk about this、sure. track. So in a sense, it was like a big fuck you to the establishment,、mm. but a statement in itself about how hip hop can be art. About it、yeah. changed a lot of people's perception about what hip hop is. You were either the guy who was talking about robbing people, or、mm-hmm. you were either the guy that was the ladies' man.、Mm. This was the first. Introduction of a hip hop artist as a real artist,、mm. and that shit sold out. Like, and it it kind of removed a lot of stigmas that people had about hip hop too. So、For、in a、sure. sense, this was a very important cultural moment. So yeah, agreed. If, I mean, of course, if you like,、um, I guess,、uh, I guess all my podcast listeners always already listen to this track because it's so famous. But in a sense, for starters, yeah, I think I would recommend a, this song. Yeah, of course.、Um, I think it was a, I think it was an opportunity to kind of explain why this is such a great song.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, Bizino, Dalivan, Picasso. I mean, the album Twelve is also great too. So check it out. So for my next song,、mm-hmm. I went with very modern, and I went with Kugi,、mm. and the song's title is We, and it features The Quiet, and、mm. it's from Kugi's first album. Called、mm. Up. It was released last year, and you're probably thinking, "Why in the world is Kugi in your <laughs> in your top top ten?" And I'll I'll just say this: Kugi is very successful when it comes to 
hooks.、Mm. When it comes to choruses,、mm. he knows how to make a successful song.、Mm. And with this song, it's very different because I love the instrumentation. I love the production. It's a very simple piano、mm. beat, very basic piano trap beat, but. It's the hook that makes the song very elevated, and、mm. it matches the quiet when、mm. he comes in in the in the the second verse. It's、mm. this is like okay, this is reminding me of the old the quiet because it has、mm. like a very a simple beat, but it's very reminiscent and、mm. just very you know it it syncs with the quiet. So、mm. it's not Kugi's hit song,、mm-hmm. but it's one of the more Underrated hidden gem song.、Mm, so it's if a B cut. Yeah, it is. It's a B cut, but a very cut, good B cut. Deep cut, deep cut.、Um, yeah, it's very good one. It's、mm. you would be like when you're looking for a Kugi song, you wouldn't、mm. necessarily be geared towards the song、mm. unless someone told you about it.、Mm. And when I say the hook is very addicting,、mm. it is very addicting.、Mm. It's trust. It just listen to the. The instrumentation and Kugi's very, you know, singy, you know,、yeah. hip hop rap style,、mm. you know, flows,、mm. and y- you'll see what I mean.、Mm. Yeah,、um, I kind of appreciate Kugi in a way, but、uh, yeah, I I was not exact. I'm still kind of not actually. I'm he's kind of the MC like that kind of is a half hidden miss for me. Like yeah, for either, sure.、Uh, So、oh, I like this track, or、uh, this is too cliched and stuff like that. But when he、mm, actually、sure. like, there are a couple. There are times when he actually kind of like, huh, this is interesting kind of thing. So, yeah, definitely. I think this was one of those tracks. Like, definitely check it out. Like, even if you're not a fan of Kugi, like, check it out for the quiet verse alone. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's a very hidden gem.、Mm, I would say, yeah, there there are deep cuts like this that actually、mm-hmm. kind of show their talent. I think. Let's go a bit hedonistic with this one. Okay.、Mm, there's a track called of the Jiggy Fellas compilation exclusive.、Uh, this is a legendary crew、um, in Korean hip hop.、Uh, Jiggy Fellas is a I don't. Know, it's just a. It's just a very huge clique that formed in the mid 2000s. That was supposed、mm-hmm. to. It was made up of crazy people like Fosco, Bill Stax was on there, Simon Dominic was、Ooh. on there, Essence was in there. Like, it, like the the roster was crazy. Anyway, game over. Oh,、so, um, this compilation was a defining moment for Essence、mm-hmm. because before this track, like people were kind of still reserved on him because、yeah. he had a very Stagnated kind of block, kind of choppy flow,、mm-hmm. but the song on there called "Guala," which is、mm. uh, Korean for being a drunken bastard, like、mm. you know the like people who are super drunken, like who are super、yeah. drunk, like that's that's what "Guala" means.、Mm. And this was Essence's first club anthem.、Mm-hmm. Okay, like this was what made people tune into Essence because his style of this having a very Slovenly kind of fluid flow that kind of、uh, super like fluid、um, kind of laid back and somehow still on beat kind of this、mm-hmm. like it's like Nas like if you look at Nas he's not really conventionally rapping he sounds、no. like he is but if you look at the details he's not and that detail is huge 
Yeah. This was the first track Essence did that. And this was when people started to look at Essence like, oh, this is the new guy. This is this is the king. This is the new king. This is a quintessential club anthem. And he's talking about being super drunk. But the way he sound, like the way he like the subject matter is super hedonistic, but the way mm-hmm. he talks about it is somehow weirdly poetic. Interesting. Yeah, and this kind of and his flow, this this is his flow is just crazy on this. Like this is what made him into the underground superstar he is right now. And this was what made him sign like deals with dynamic doing stuff. Interesting. Yeah, of course that didn't turn out well in the end, but um <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um this was what made people tune into Essence and this is the start of Essence, I guess in a sense. So, yeah. like this super club-heavy, bass-heavy beat and talking about all this hedonistic bullshit, but he still sounded so slick. He sounded, mm-hmm. like, before then, he was, like, the philosophical MC. After this, mm-hmm. he was he can, he can was the dude that can rap about anything. Like, he can mm-hmm. make the most commercial joints, and he can make the most underground joints. It didn't matter. And, yeah. and this and after a slew of the mixed days, all the Super Team catalog and all of that, and then it turned, Oof. yeah... This is what made Essence the hot rookie. So definitely mm. check this out. Like, it has a somewhat even futuristic side and kind of beat. Like, this reminded me a lot of like Timbaland stuff. And oh wow, and you know, like the Missy Elliott kind of things. Yeah, stuff like this is one of them. So okay, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, it was a it was a moment in Korean hip hop back in the two thousands. So mm. this was you can you can consider this the start of Essence. So. Check it out. For sure. Definitely is a great track. So for my eighth track, I went with a very welcoming back artist. Mm. And he just dropped his mixtape a couple days ago. Il-sun. And it's none other than, mm-hmm. none other than yes, Ilsun, a.k.a. Double K. Mm. And the song's title is called Own Lane. Mm. And it's from his Lost and Jealous mixtape. Mm. And I mean, what can I say about Ilsun? Mm. Right? He's... His tight, tight rap flows mm. is what makes him so unique. He just spits. He just mm. rhymes on this mixtape. There's no filters on this. It's mm. straight up just him in the studio just rapping. Mm. And this song, Own Lane, defines that. He's mm. just in the studio just kind of going about his business mm. and just rhyming. It's a, yeah. It has a trap, trap beat because it's produced by Big Banana, but... Mm. I'm going to say this. Own Lane is probably my favorite track mm. on that mixtape. But I mean, overall, that whole mixtape is amazing. It's a very welcoming back yeah. album. It was a mixtape that really reminded me of like uh, 2000s Young Money stuff. Like, yeah, you had like Lil Wayne putting out mixtapes like left and right and stuff like that. Agreed. Like, you had Currency doing the same thing. And Dipset was doing that kind of thing too. Like, it, mm-hmm. It's not like you don't look for like great hooks. You don't look for like no, an album concert. No, he, you if you're on a mixtape, you just expect hot beats and hot rhymes, yeah, hot flows and stuff like that. And he's just straight rapping from beginning to end on this trait. And I think like that kind of mixtape rugged kind of feel really works for mm-hmm. Double K because to yeah. be honest, Double K had trouble making albums. Like he, he was did, a great yeah. MC, but he his albums were never quite well received. Like you kind no. of had tracks that were dope as fuck. But then you have these weird tracks like, wait, what are you doing kind of things? Like, mm-hmm. I need a note of that. Like, he's best when he's just straight up rapping. 
Mm-hmm. And I would I would say this mixtape is a mm-hmm. rejuvenation. Yeah, it's a redemption. A like I don't even call it a rejuvenation. Like it's almost like he found a self that he never had found before. Because he never yeah, had an true, album true. like this. He true. always had these weird commercial joints that weren't actually commercial. Like yeah. it was this you know the bad radio joints? Yeah. 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 Like his album has so many of them. And it's like, why are you doing this? Just rap, bro. And he yeah. did it here. Like like the last album kind of did that too, but Yeah. This was just him fighting his pocket. Finally, he's doing what he's best at. Just yes. rap. Just yeah. like even like um like the Wayne albums, like Lil Wayne albums. Mm-hmm. His mixtape catalog is easily better than his albums. And that's because mm-hmm. he's just straight rapping. He's not trying to make hits on that. Like mm-hmm. with the exception of like some Carter series stuff, like Lil Wayne has this terrible albums, like and that's always because he's trying to make radio hits. Wayne's True. best when he's just straight up rapping. And yeah. that's the similar case for Double K. Like, don't try to make um, super catchy songs. Just straight rap, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's known for. And this Lost and Jealous tape kind of really paid off. Like, Agreed, 100%. This is one of his best projects to date. Yeah. Like, the way I think it's probably his best one. Now, he has so many flows on this, too. Like... I I I I agree with you. Like he's a veteran that has been in the game so long, but I truly yeah. think this is his best project because he no, laid like questions. yeah, like he laid down his artistic ambitions a little bit in a sense. Yeah. Instead, I think he should go for like the uh, revenue ambition instead because this mm-hmm. is his pocket. Like just straight rap, and then yeah. it will solve you. Like it will solve all the problems you had. Uh, speaking of straight rapping, um, Double K, aka Ilson, actually it's Ilson now, right? Yep. So it's Ilson, aka Double K, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's a member of a very, very famous crew in Korean hip hop. Hmm. He was actually because this crew is no longer um the crew is defunct now. Um, which is called the Movement. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Movement was the first hip hop crew. Um, this is a this is was the crew that was formed by a double uh drunken tiger. Mm. Yeah, um, YDG was in it. Dynamic Duo oh, was in it. Snap. Epic Kai was in it. Lee Sang was in it. Basically, all the overground hip hop acts that started Korean hip hop was in here. Like movement was basically what Korean hip hop was when it was start, first starting to like manifest in Korea. Oh wow! Yeah. And although Double K is not on this track, although Ilson is not on this track, um, the most famous posse cut they have is called Movement 3. Okay. So, like, you always have these movement cuts on different albums. Like, one, you have it on the, um, I think you have it on a Drunken Tiger album. Two, I think you had it on Lee Sang's. I'm not sure. Um, the third one, you have it on a CB Mass album. And the fourth one, you had it on a Busy album. So, you know, you mm. know what it is, right? And this is the third posse cut from the Movement Crew, and it is regarded as one of the most legendary posse cuts ever. Um, okay. Yeah, this was the introduction of Tasha to the audiences. Okay. She has the last verse, although it's not lyrically like hard as fuck. Like the his her delivery is just so rugged. It kind of made mm. an impression. Like, and every every member just wrapped their ass off on this track. Um. JK killed it. Shawnee Slow killed it. 
Oh, oh uh, wow. Yeah, CB Mass was all slaughtering it at, like left and right. Like this is one of the most finest cop posse cuts ever regarded in Korean hip hop history. So Movement 3 by CB Mass. Definitely check it out. Um, For sure. Yeah, by the way, CB Mass was the was dynamic, dynamic duo. Yeah, with Kerbin, but you know, Kerbin kind of double crossed him. So once they yeah. got Kerbin out, they kind of formed it again, and now it's called Dynamic Duo. So basically, CB Mass and Dynamic Duo is pretty much almost the same thing. Mm-hmm. CB uh, CB Mass became Dynamic Duo because mm. they had to kick a member out. Anyway, this was when there were all three members, and this is one of the finest posse cuts in Korean hip hop history. So definitely check it out. CB Mass Movement Three. Of uh, for my ninth track, I. Again, went back to Il Sun's mm. Lost and Jealous mixtape, and mm. the song title is Shine. Mm. And it's kind of one of his last ones in the in the mm. mixtape. And it features G2 and Jug. Mm. I don't I'm not familiar with Jug, but mm. I do know G2 because mm. he was part of Highlight Records. Yeah. This song, I remember this song being performed live last year in a program called Do You Know Hip Hop? Mm. It was with all the old veteran first generation Korean mm. rappers on a mm. on a hip hop program and one of the performances Il Sun performed to the song mm. and I was like, dude, when is the song gonna be released? Cause <laughs> I really like the track. And yeah. then I was like, Oh man, we're not gonna be able to hear this song because it's mm. unreleased. And finally I looked at the track list. I was like, no way mm. Shine was gonna be on this album. Yeah. And it's again, it's another Il Sun spitting you know rhymes just mm. with this tight raw flows yeah. and again it's produced by big banana because mm. he produces a lot of trap beats so it's it's sim it's kind of trap but it, <laughs> it's like a hybrid between boom bap and trap i yeah. would say but i mean this mixtape in general i've been listening to this whole week so mm. over and over and over so hey this is another quintessential mm. ill son kind of just in your face yeah. type song. Yeah. Kind of his identity, mm. who he is as an identity, as a person. Uh, same thing I just said a lot of time um, before regarding mm-hmm. how Double K should, you know, just rap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was a definitely a, one of the highlights on that big tape. So great. Drunken Tiger, I guess. Uh, since we talked about, we keep talking about movement members here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first ever hip hop song, I think. This is the first proper hip hop Korean hip hop song ever recorded, which is "Do You Know mm. Hip Hop?" Like "Loyal Hip Hop by Drunken Tiger. Sting Classic. sample. Sting sample. Um, "Shape of My Heart." Yes, mm. "Shape of My Heart" sample, and that guitar melody has been used in other hip hop songs as well. Um, namely, Nas is the message. So, mm. and that somber guitar melody really makes this song and i think that's what made people gravitate towards this mm-hmm. it has this almost melancholy feel to it like the lyrics mm-hmm. are hardcore but yeah since it's melancholy you get this weird kind of a uh sad but yeah. hard at the same time kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah and i think this this started korean hip-hop like before this yeah. track, there have always have been imitations in a sense, but it was mm-hmm. more of a part of a dance crew. Like if you're rapping, it's not exactly about hip hop. It was about being part of a dance crew. 
It was part That's about true. being a dance group. This, um, so it was used more as a crutch. Like this mm. was the first instance when there's when you're really rapping for the sake of rapping, mm-hmm. and it's a classic track at this point. Like this is what started Korean hip hop. So exactly, it was like a foundational song, I would say. Yeah, um, I have nothing more to say actually about this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's a classic. I mean, what more can you say? You know? Yeah, it's like it's like Run DMC. Like yeah, it's like Eric B and Rock Kim kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. Like at least if you think it's dated, it's supposed to be dated because it's it's came from such a long time ago. And I think if you're a Korean hip hop fan that only knows what is going on right now, I think it it will kind of show you where it all came from. So exactly. Definitely check this track out. Um it's a great song at the end of the day. So um yep. it comes from the album Ear of the Tiger, which is Drunken Tiger's yep. first album, and this is a highlight in that album, so yeah, check it out. So for my final song, mm. I went with another veteran, Doki. Mm. And I went with the song called Still On My Way featuring mm. Zion T. And it was from Doki's album, multi Yeah. And I must say, this is for me, this is what got me started listening to more Korean hip hop. Mm. You know, because I was kind of late to the, to the Korean hip hop mm. game. I would say, in terms of, you know, getting more into the the realm of Korean hip hop. Yeah, exactly. But when I when I heard the song, I just felt the sense of authenticity, originality. Mm. Because as I kept listening to more Toki's music, mm. I listened to his past discography, and I knew or I realized that there was more, kind of like a story, like a series, kind yeah. of like. There was like on my way part one. Yeah, this is part two. This is part two, mm, and there's and so the third one was released as a single. Hmm. Mm. And so I was like, "Wow, this this guy is building something, you know, insane here." And yeah, this song was very, I would say, just kind of, just like a story, you know, just kind of telling people in a sense. Yeah, it is. Yeah, kind of like. The struggles that he came from, and yeah. I would say it's the quintessential started from the bottom track as well. You know, um, just yeah. If you look at the progression of "On My Way," like the first "On My Way" was about being in the struggle. Yeah, still "On My Way" was um, about escaping the struggle, but somehow yeah. keeping the grind up. Yeah, and "On My Way" three was how he's kind of disillusioned by success, and like he's tired of grinding now. So there's this natural progression you see in the three like sequels because On My mm-hmm. Way was a title that Toki used always in important moments of his life. Yeah. So I it's it's probably going to be a title that is going to pop up sometime in the future. On My Way 4 mm-hmm. is definitely on this way. So it's like a series and if you look at if you look at and listen to those individual songs, you kind of see where Toki was at the time. Yeah. Which makes it interesting. And Still On My Way is a track when Toki was at his prime. Mm. Like before all the mental ill health issues, before all yeah. the, you know, bullshit talking by the masses, this was when he was at the height of the game. This was when he, like, Illuminaire was everywhere. This was when Benzino mm-hmm. was making hits. This was when the choir was making hits. Like, this was when everyone began to, began to know what Illuminaire was all about. And 
And, That's true. And that kind of shows in this, it, like, it kind of shows in the song. And it, in my opinion, I would say, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I would say Still On My Way is probably the best yeah, one. Yeah, a lot out of people of the say three. that. I, I, I actually agree with that, too. Um, yeah. It's I love Zion T on it, too. <laughs> yeah. Zion T's uh, chorus, it's just very, it, it kind of settles down the yeah. song. It, le- it allows the melody to breathe yeah. before Toki gets back on mm-hmm. his verses. So yeah. it, it complements really well. Yeah, it really does. Um, great track. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm looking for, I'm looking forward for On My Way 4, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Since we talked a lot about the movement members. Oh, yeah. Toki was a member of the movement as well. Um, my last track is a super underground classic cut. Okay. Who goes by the name of Fana. Yes. Um, wow. Guy's, guy's basically the doom of Korea. Like, no one rhymes better than him. I I know I Oof. mentioned P-Type. And you know what? I will actually go as far to say Fana goes further than P-Type. It's, wow. hard, it's harder to find words that don't rhyme in Fana's song. That's, that's true. Like, the, every word is a part of a rhyme. Mm. Like, it's, like I just said, it's hard to find words that actually don't rhyme in Fana's mm-hmm. songs. And he has this dope lyrical concepts. It's not like he's rhyming bullshit. He's all no. rhyming and telling stories and wordplay that is kind of mind-blowing. And one of the best examples is a song called The Masquerade Ball in his first okay. album, Fanatic. Uh, Beat Bike with a Quiet. Um, this was hey. when... this was Pana was a member of Soul Company, and this was one yep. of the... Uh, Fanatic, this album, Fanatic, was one of the best examples of what great music Soul Company made back in the days. Mm. Um, th- This track is a societal one. It's about paranoia of human relationships in modern society. Mm-hmm. And it is... Delivered through this metaphor of a masquerade ball, where you don't know exactly what kind of expression anyone is making because you can't look at their face properly. Mm. So, in a sense, it's a commentary on how uh, modern society, through its alienation of individuals, kind of destroys human connection. And Mm. this kind of very heavy topic is delivered through a crazy amount of intricate rhyming and somehow this metaphor never fails. It's actually like you're in a masquerade ball. But you know it's kind of a metaphor for society. And yeah. this is one of the most exceptional records in, in conscious hip-hop. And this is what makes Juana great. Like his, technici- like his, his technical proficiency and his message kind of aligns with it. Mm. Um, it's like, um, you know how MF Doom really... Um, didn't talk much about society, but it's more of a yeah. feeling kind of gimmick, which is still yeah. great, which is still amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's like most Def and MF Doom rolled into one. He's rhyming like oh, Doom, wow. but he has the subject matter of a most Def. Of course, most wow, Def is a great rhymer himself, but you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about here. So this is one of the finest examples of Korean conscious hip hop, of Korean underground hip hop. Like mm-hmm. this is not the only track. Like, this is um this is the most well known Hana track, but mm-hmm. this kind of like intricacy, this kind of lyrical execution is average for Hana. Like 
Oh wow! This is what he does every day. So if you are into trans, if you can find the translations and other stuff, like this is what being a lyricist is about. Juana is like an S tier, like the lyricist of all the lyricists kind of thing. Mm. So definitely check this track out. It's a very smooth track too. So I don't think it is necessarily going to be like sonically unpleasing either. Like mm-hmm. it's very musically adept as well. So mm. if you can find the translation, it's great. If you can't, still listen to the track. It is great musically. Like you can hear how he's so rhyming so well. Like mm-hmm. you will hear how he's rhyming, even though you're not familiar with Korean hip hop, because it is so meticulously done. True. Yeah. So definitely check this out. This is my final recommendation for the day. I think Pana's Masquerade Ball. So. As we begin to slowly wrap up our show, mm. you know, as usual, is there one specific track from our selection of songs today that you would like to really, really share or recommend to our listeners? I think the last one, um, Hana, okay. because I think uh, the other tracks, I think you could have kind of known what it is through other platforms. True. Limited as they are, I think they were mentioned someplace, somewhere. But I don't mm-hmm. think no one mentioned Juana's Masquerade Ball before. Mm-hmm. So definitely check for this sure. one out. Um, for me, I chose Take One, Gangnam mm. again, mm. Uh, featuring Haine. And f- again, uh, besides this really famous sample that he used from Yoon Jung Shin, mm. I really want to give a shout out to the, the featuring Haine. Mm. I really want to give her a shout Across. out because... Yeah, man, she's a she was a producer and of his album, mm. and she's also a jazz Artist. music vocalist. Yes. Yeah, and so I really thought her her style really fit it the well. song. Yeah, yeah, it just fit really well mm. sonically. If you listen to it, it it matches well, and mm. and I don't mean that just you know take it for what it is and i re- mm. i really mean it it really works well mm. because the beat itself it's not too aggressive mm. or too light it's it's like right in the middle mm. but in ways it doesn't overpower one another it just blends well together so yeah. i really really recommend to the listeners to take a listen to take one's kangnam or yeah. even take one's music in general yeah i mean he's just he's such an underground artist in my mm. opinion yeah. That never gets the credit that he deserves. Yeah. So I definitely recommend this song. Yeah, so well, that's all the time we have for today. But please do comment and let us know what you think of today's topic. And if you have your own top 10 artists and songs, please comment down below. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please go and subscribe to our podcast on all platforms. And please give us that five-star rating. If you want more K-Hip-Hop contents, go check out Daytona's Instagram at myk underscore Daytona for K-Hip-Hop album reviews. And also follow our social media page at soul underscore therapy. Thank you guys so much and see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.